Welcome to the Big Dreams Great Teams podcast with me, your host, Paula Maidens. I'm a mum of two, a hiring and leadership coach, speaker, ex-corporate recruiter and serial entrepreneur who is obsessed with teaching capable business owners just like you how to become graceful and powerful leaders surrounded by a team who perform like rock stars. On this podcast, we'll be talking about all things people, business and leadership because Big dreams need great teams. You simply cannot do it on your own. I'm excited to have you here. Let's dive in. Hey, hey, welcome back. Today's episode is a little bit of a behind the scenes share of what's been happening in my own business. And I know it's going to be super valuable to you because it's something that so many of my clients and my business friends face and battle with, and that is the challenge of time. So a little bit of a backstory for you, first of all, about November last year, I had my biggest month in this business, hooray, which obviously was an awesome result. And it felt really busy. Awesome, but busy. And for many of you who have been listening for a while, you'll know that I measure my success by numbers, of course, by profitability, of course, but also by the life that this business creates for me. And a business that's super busy and in turn impacts my headspace, where I'm trying to squeeze in extra hours and effectively take time from my beautiful family is only a 50% successful business in my book. This is based on my success measures. So November was really busy. And then December and January was obviously full of school holidays and Christmas and, you know, weird hours and all the things, being away with the family. And I actually didn't really do too much about how busy I felt in November over December, January. And then in February, I enjoyed another even bigger month So another record, which again, awesome, super excited and definitely patting myself on the back. And with that record came a new level of busyness. And because I want to make that level of revenue my new normal in the business and sort of stabilize and then grow from there, I knew that I had to therefore work on how busy I felt so that it was feeling really great to me across both parameters, revenue, profit, and also life, family. So of course, being the analytical data-based person that I am, I dived in to analyzing my time. And that's what I want to share with you today. I've done that through two stages, and I want to share with you what I've done, what the results were, and how they surprised me, and what actions I've taken based on those results. So the first thing I did was do a time approximation and then I did a time audit. And oh my God, it has been so eye-opening. And I wanted to share this with you and in particular, all the things that I had no idea was happening. And the reason I'm sharing it is because I feel like I have done all the time management courses You know, I'm one of those people from my corporate life in general, like my family, all the things like I'm super organized. So I say that from the perspective of I thought I was really great with my time. I thought I had my time management sorted and this process really opened my eyes. I was super surprised with what the data told me 
And that's why I'm wanting to share it today, because I expect that there's going to be some nuggets of lessons that you can take away that might be happening in your business too. So let me first of all talk about the first stage, which was the time approximation. So this is a reasonably simple concept and one that I actually often talk to my clients about when it comes to mapping out new hires or supporting people on your team who are feeling overwhelmed is to sit down and go, well, how many hours do you think each thing takes you and add them all up and do a simple calculation? And so interesting that even though externally it's something I talk about all the time, it had become like a total blind spot for me. And I was chatting to my beautiful coach, Laura, about how busy I was feeling. And she suggested that I map out my week, all the things that I knew I needed to do every single week, you know, literally put down the maths, how long does this take you and to add it up. Like me, she's a numbers girl. So I was a bit like, oh, great idea. And see, this is why we all need coaches, right? Because even though we might know the stuff, we don't necessarily realize that we need to do the stuff and where we're not seeing it for ourselves. So the first stage was exactly that, writing out all the things that I need to do every week, record a podcast, client calls, discovery calls, post on socials, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all the things that I do every single week and putting next to it a number, like the amount of time that I want to spend on it and or think I spend on it and add it up. Now, right there was my first massive eye-opener. The amount of time that I wanted to spend on each thing or that I thought I was spending on each thing was about equal to the number of hours that I have in each week. I only work 24 hours a week and that's pretty much a fixed deal. I can't work late at night. I just am one of those people who just gets far too tired. Like I'm an early bird. I was up at quarter past four this morning. When I wake up, I'm awake. And so tonight I'm going to be lights out by 8.30, 9 o'clock at night latest. So, you know, that option, which a lot of people have and definitely used to be an option for me 10, 15, 20 years ago of coming back to my computer late at night, it's not really an option for me. I definitely do do it occasionally but it's not a regular option. So I work four days a week. I get about seven hours per day, you know, including time for lunch or a walk to the coffee shop and to sort of take it easy. So I calculate it to be about 24 hours a week and that's pretty much it. So my first level of awareness was I had no space based on the amount of time that I thought I needed to do the minimum things that I needed to do each week and to spend the amount of time that I wanted to spend or thought I should spend equaled no time, no space for like chilling, for anything extra to pop up, which we all know always happens. Like all sorts of things pop up, whether it's me being gratefully invited to be a guest in someone's masterclass or come on somebody's podcast, or if I just feel like chilling or a kid appointment or a kid being sick, like stuff always comes up. And right there, that simple calculation just showed to me and told me that I had no space for anything to come up, good or bad. And of course, recipe for disaster right there. And like a really obvious black and white explanation for why I felt so incredibly busy. So from there, I knew that I needed to know if these approximations were true. They felt true because I had no space and like, you know, the rough maths was supporting that hypothesis that I'd come up with in my head, 
but I really wanted to have real data to work with. So on the 27th of March, I started a time audit. Now, we've had we've definitely had a few funny weeks between the 27th of March and now, um, you know, with Easter and short weeks and things like that. But what I do have is four solid weeks of information. And again, oh my God, the information I gained about myself and the way I am working is just eye-opening. So the first thing I want to share with you is that I thought I had really good boundaries. And a month ago, I would have been telling you how good my boundaries were. Great boundaries with clients, great boundaries with friends, great boundaries with self-care, all the things. But actually, through this process of writing down every little detail of where I'm spending my time and writing it down without judgment and without trying to shift my behaviors to create a certain thing, I realized that I was actually saying yes to so many things. And all these little yeses in one week alone added up to nine extra hours of work that I had committed to doing or just nine extra hours that I needed to find of time that my diary simply didn't have space for. And now when I say these little yeses, these little yeses were, you know, taking on more client work, doing extra things, you know, supporting my clients, all that sort of stuff, which is totally normal and I expect to regularly do. But it's also the little yeses around, friends, taking extra time to do something, having a coffee with somebody and, and giving away my time to them to talk about their business, etc., etc. All these little things added up to nine hours. And that just like blew my mind. And again, as somebody who thinks of themselves as really time aware, of really disciplined, of really organized, I just couldn't fathom that all the little yeses had added up to nine extra hours. So what I put that down to was it was a combination of me leaking my time to unscheduled conversations with friends and non-friends and all the people and just conversations that perhaps went on too long and me taking on extra work and accidentally kidding myself that I had the space and the time in that week to complete it when I didn't. Now, this awareness came from a few things. Now, I was definitely already documenting my time. I was doing this audit and, you know, for what it's worth, I was doing that in a really basic and manual way. Like I just simply had a note in my iPhone and I literally was just writing down like 10.01, started doing this activity, 10.15, finished. Oh, it's now 10.45. What have I been doing since then? Filling it in. So it was very, very basic and manual. And What I did was at the end of the week, I just transferred it over into a spreadsheet and then added it up into certain categories. However, what I want to share is that over the Easter break, I read a book called Time Magic by Melissa Ambrosini and Nick Broadhurst. It's a new book that they have published because I was already into all things time. I was in a bookstore up in Mullaney where we went away for our Easter break and I saw this time magic book and I was like, cool, interested in reading that, looks good. And what really hit me in their book was some information that that they shared about how much of our time gets allocated to things 
in a way where we don't realize it's happening and therefore it goes unnoticed. And it shared all this information about like, you know, the percentage of your life that you're spending on social media or on screens. And it gave you some really practical tips around checking screen time, et cetera, et cetera. And what that did was I followed, you know, those tips and I had a look on my phone and I looked at screen time and I looked at the apps where I was spending most of the time. And and yes, like a lot of my time, screen time is definitely like client stuff for sure. But it was just this sudden awareness in many ways from me doing a manual time audit to looking at, you know, the diagnosis or the analytics on my iPhone around the screen time to just suddenly where my time was going. And one of the other points that they brought up in the book, which really just landed for me was the importance of scheduling into your diary everything that you plan to do. And by scheduling it into your diary, you can see it. And when you can see what you need to do, then when you need to make that choice to say yes or no to the things that get offered to you along the way, you can see in real time the space you do or don't have. And this concept, super simple, but gosh, it was such a blind spot for me. I didn't schedule. I was not scheduling all the things that I needed to do in my diary. I had a to-do list for sure. It was sitting in my head. I knew I needed to do them, but I didn't put them in my diary. I didn't have the time mapped or the time blocked in my diary So when I was considering whether I should say yes to something or even when I walked to the coffee shop and, you know, somebody was wanting to have a chat with me, I had this vision of a spaciousness in my diary. And so I wasn't seeing my time or lack thereof for what it was. So when all those options were coming to me, whether it was new client work or someone asking for a favor or conversations being extended or whatever it was, I was making the call on the yes or the no from an incorrect place based on space, which I thought existed, but didn't exist. And in one week, saying yes to all those things As an entrepreneur, lots of those things are super exciting and interesting and things that I want to do. And so I enjoyed saying yes to them. But the black and white reality was that in one week, it added up to nine extra hours of required time to my working week. Nine hours, everyone. Like that blew my mind. I was talking to some of my friends about it on Voxer, just going, nine hours, guys. Oh, my goodness. And I'm so incredibly grateful. And I have to say this because my husband, thankfully, was having a quiet week with his work and he was able to take Bo on a day, which is my little almost three-year-old who I normally look after one day a week. And my hubby was having a quiet week. So I was just so lucky that the universe gave him a quiet week and me a super busy week. And he took Bo on a day when I wouldn't normally work. And so I did a full day's work and got everything done. So I get to be incredibly grateful for my beautiful hubby and I get to see this lesson of, I want to say accidentally saying yes to all these things, not realizing that the space to do them and to deliver on them, even though they were exciting and I wanted to do them, simply didn't exist. So my first lesson, I guess, that I want to share is that you can't see what you can't see. So now on a Monday, I am scheduling and time blocking 
everything that is known that needs to be done for the week. So if I've got a presentation on Friday, I'm scheduling that on Tuesday, I'm going to spend an hour prepping for the presentation. If I'm doing a podcast interview on the Thursday, I'm scheduling on the Tuesday that I need to spend half an hour prepping for the conversation, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I've got set times now when I'm checking client work, when I'm reviewing work, when I'm supporting my clients to do all the things, etc. And as the extra little requests are now coming in, there is so much less, I guess, debate or emotional turmoil around whether I should be saying yes, because it's more like a black and white decision around can you fit this in? So literally, if someone's asked me for a coffee to pick my brains about a new business idea, I look at my diary and I can say no in a way that's really clean because I simply don't have time this week. And that no feels really good. So huge, massive lesson. And the second thing I want to share, again, that I got from the wisdom of the Time Magic book, which you really all should just go and read because it's fantastic, is around the time sucker that is email. And now again, this is not new information. We all know that email can so easily take up so much of our time and suck the life out of us, for want of a better word. We know this. But here was the insight that I got. In the book, Time Magic, Nick talks about how he realized that he was spending up to, I think he said, four to five hours a day in his emails, keeping on top of it. And obviously, that's a lot of time. And through my audit, I've noticed that I'm spending about an hour and a half a day, which isn't as much as his situation, but is still a lot in the scheme of a seven-hour day. What was really interesting in the book is that he shared that he realized that he was spending that much time because of the feeling that he got from spending that time in his emails, organizing them, filing them, sorting them, and the satisfaction he got from tidying it up. And so he did that every day to get that satisfaction of, hey, yep, I'm on top of this. So it's almost like he was getting a feeling hit rather than like a valuable use of his time hit. Now, the reason I share this is because I read that and I'm wondering as I share this with you, whether that's the way you feel too, because when I read that, it was just like, wow, totally. As I went through my analysis of my time through looking at my calculations from my time audit and I was looking at, well, I'm spending like an hour to an hour and a half a day in email, part of when I was looking at that was, well, do you enjoy that? Do you want to do that? And I was like, I actually really enjoy that. That's cool. And I'm all for doing the things in your business that you're enjoying doing. However, when I read that insight that he shared in the Time Magic book, I was like, ah, I'm enjoying doing this because of the little kick that I get from feeling organized once it's done. And what I realized was that I could really easily explain to someone else, being my assistant, how to handle lots of these emails, deleting, filing, et cetera, et cetera, all the standard ones that come in every single day. So I could explain to somebody else how to do it and get that same hit, that sense of organization by logging in after she'd done her email ninja work. So 
that was this beautiful understanding of why I'm spending my time doing this. I'm doing it because it feels good. Let's dig into this feeling that you're getting. And is there another way to get that feeling without you actually investing that time and assigning a value to that task and therefore deciding it's not the right thing for you to be doing, but you can still get the hit another way. So needless to say, I've handed over my emails and that process to my assistant. And at least we've handed over, I've handed over the first few stages and I immediately recorded some videos and that's just deleting out and filing the stuff that I don't need to touch and instructing and sharing, you know, the things to be left that I do need to touch so that they're there, it's ready, it feels organized when I go in. So I've already handed over most of that process and no doubt as I think of new rules and new things that can also be done, I'll continue to hand over more. So I guess my second big lesson that I want to share is to look at why you're spending a lot of time on something and questioning, does this need to be me? Why am I choosing to spend time here and is there another way? And I guess the third lesson, which I've already talked about a little bit, but I want to specify as a lesson is I really noticed through this process of auditing my time for the last month, how much the little things add up. Wow, we. Now in your business, your broad categories that you would choose to bucket things into be very different to mine. But, you know, to share with you, my categories were things like the podcast, socials, client review and Voxer time, admin, sales calls and BD activities, chilling, personal admin, um, HR consulting work where I'm actually sort of doing done for you things, networking meetings and one-off projects. They were my broad categories that I decided to bucket my time into. And I realized that my personal admin actually added up far more than what I realized. Hello, school emails, kids' activities, emails about all the things and paying bills for our investment properties and things like that. And so again, through that awareness, I've got the opportunity to hand some of that off to other people who are also involved in those activities. And I get to really analyze the time that I'm spending in the categories that have a lot of hours in them. So for example, the work I do where I've got client reviews and talking to clients on Voxer, that's something that I love doing. It's a, I love that part of my service. So the way it works with my private clients is we have regular calls where we talk to each other and then they can access me in between those calls on email or on Voxer, which is a walkie-talkie app, and we can chat about all the things that come up in between and, you know, as they're implementing what we've talked about on the coaching calls. So I absolutely love offering that. And I need to be aware of the time that I'm allocating to it. And, you know, I need to make sure that I'm scheduling it really well. So I'm not trying to like squeeze it in on the way to school pickup or something like that. What I also noticed is where time that I'd like to be spending is lacking. So there are definitely areas or categories there that I would like to be doing more of. And I'm not getting the time I'd like to, to dive in like projects. I've got so many projects that I want to get started, you know, like trademarking, et cetera, et cetera. And I'd like to spend at least an hour a week working on a project. Like it might be reviewing the copy on one of my sales pages. You know, it might be like trademarking a new product that I'm thinking about offering, you know, just projects. And to be honest, I'd like to have more time chilling, 
because we all know that when you get to chill and relax and shift your brain into that creative mode, that good things come from that space. So I want to make sure that that category is increased. So it's only one month in and I have so much information already that I've already taken action on and that I'm continuing to look at. So I've handed over my emails. I'm scheduling everything in on a Monday to really map the week ahead. And all of this is definitely leading to a greater sense of choice and control over my time. And that is everything. And it's giving me lots of analytics and data and food for thought about how I want to grow my business and what the right business and team design looks like for me at this stage and the next stage. So I hope that's been an interesting behind the scenes share about what's going on in my business. And I hope that you've heard something that maybe you can apply in your business. Personally, I'm loving the data and I'm getting into a real rhythm of recording my time because I'm really valuing it. And if you're feeling time short and you you get to the end of the week and you're like, where has my time gone? Or you just want to feel more spacious, then I really encourage you to do a time audit as well, to take a step towards getting that choice back, getting back more in control and looking at the real numbers and using that as real information to make great choices. So if you are keen to do a time audit, I really just encourage you just to dive in. Of course, there are a million and one apps that you could use to help you with the time audit. And if you're that way inclined, go for it. As I said, personally, I'm choosing to do it manually. I literally just open a note on my phone, which also syncs to my desktop. So between the two, I'm always just noting it in multiple times a day as I go. But, you know, there are lots of apps. There's rescue time. There's lots of things out there. Personally, I didn't want to invest the time or the headspace in working out what app to use and setting it up. I just wanted to get going. But I just really encourage you to do whatever feels easy for you. If exploring and finding an app feels easy and exciting, do that. If opening up a note on your phone feels exciting and easy, do that. Just do you and make it happen if it's something that you want to get better at. Okay, so that's it. One month in, I'm loving it making lots of changes, already feeling more spacious. And I'm going to continue to learn from the data because I'm going to keep doing it for another month. So let me know how you've enjoyed this episode. And if you'd like to hear more as I keep learning more about my time, no doubt the next stage in evolution will be probably handing over more, delegating more, maybe hiring somebody else in, etc. So let me know if you want me to keep you updated and if you like this style of behind the scenes in my own business, I always love to hear what you want to hear. So reach out to me over at paula at paulamaidens.com or come and chat to me on Instagram. That's mostly where I hang out. And my handle is Paula Maidens Consulting. And let's chat. That's it for today. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back here next week. And until then, have fun. Bye.